It's time for Shattered Soulstone. Featuring the latest news from Sanctuary and beyond. Each episode, a heroic party of Nephilim band together to help keep you informed on everything in the Diablo universe. And now, your Diablo Community Podcast. Coming to you from somewhere in Sanctuary, this is episode 411 of Shattered Soulstone, your Diablo Community Podcast. This episode is called BlizzCon is Back. It is May 19, 2023, and this is Jen. I've got a bunch of stuff to talk about, and I know the show last week was released late, and I thought, well, what could I possibly have to talk about for this show? And then everything showed up, so here we go. The first thing I've got is from Blizzard. They do a lot of um, things around Pride Month, which is in June in the United States, at least. I figure probably other countries, too. So what they have now is a Blizzard LGBTQ plus employee network. This is who does it. It's not Activision or Blizzard or King or any of them specifically saying you must make these you know, things. It's done by employees who want these things and want people to have these things. So Blizzard LGBTQ plus employee network launches pride collection in support of National Center for Transgender Equality, which is a group that obviously supports people who are transgender. And in the past, they've done ones with like the rainbow colors over like Blizzard logos and things like that. And this time it's the pride flag. So you have like blue on the letters on the outside and then pink and then the white in the middle. And the blue is for trans men. The pink is for trans women, and the white part in the middle is for non-binary people, I've been told. So that's me, and I'm going to get one of these shirts. They're really kind of cool. And led through the Blizzard LGBTQ plus employee network, the Pride Collection features a range of Pride-themed apparel with the Blizzard's net proceeds from the sales of May 16 through June 30, 2023, being donated to the National Center for Transgender Equality. Blizzard Entertainment and the Blizzard LGBTQ Plus Employee Network are incredibly proud to be working with the National Center for Transgender Equality, abbreviates to NCTE, advocates to change policies in society to increase understanding and acceptance of transgender people. For more information about it, there's a link. Play with Pride. Celebrate Pride Month with Blizzard. The 2023 Pride Collection features exclusive designs from your favorite Blizzard game franchises. Find your perfect fit and play with Pride. So there's a... There's an Overwatch shirt with Tracer running with like pride flag colors behind her, like streaming out. You've seen Tracer run through something, I'm sure. Uh, there's World of Warcraft ones, Hearthstone, Overwatch 2. There is a Diablo one. Um, you can get a Diablo unisex pride t-shirt and the letters are the lettering from what you'd expect. It just says Diablo. It doesn't say you know Diablo 3 or Diablo 4 or whatever, just Diablo, and it's got the colors in the right place, so that's kind of cool. It looks like it's probably leaning towards a men's shirt kind of thing, which I tend to get because I feel like they fit me better. There's also a women's shirt of the same logo that's in white, and it's a fitted shirt, which I tend to not like as well, but that's just me. There's, you know, different types of shirts for everybody. There's socks and hats and in sweatshirts there's a pride uh, blizzard entertainment pride logo beach towel of some for some reason the um charcoal colored pride logo is sold out there are little slippers in here and all that stuff but it's for a good cause and then we have a report from the european commission you may have heard a little bit about this but i'm gonna just go through it here it was released on may 15th of this year and it's titled Mergers, 
Commission clears acquisition of Activision Blizzard by Microsoft, comma, subject to conditions. So here's a little bit. The European Commission has approved under the EU merger regulation the proposed acquisition of Activision Blizzard by Microsoft. The approval is conditional on full compliance with the commitments offered by Microsoft. The commitments fully address the competition concerns identified by the commission and represent a significant improvement for cloud gaming as compared to the current situation. Today's decision follows an in-depth investigation. There's a link to that in here twice, so you can check out the whole thing. This is sort of like a presser that I'm reading to you right now. Today's decision follows an in-depth investigation of the proposed acquisition of Activision by Microsoft. As always, the commission has based its decision on hard evidence and on extensive information and feedback from competitors and customers, including from game developers and distributors, as well as cloud game streaming platforms in the EU. The commission's investigation. Today's decision follows an in-depth investigation of the proposed acquisition of Activision by Microsoft. Both companies develop and publish publish games for PCs, consoles, and mobile devices, and distribute games for PCs. Microsoft also distributes games for consoles and offers the Xbox console along with a wide range of products and services, including the PC operating system Windows. Windows is in quotes for some reason. Activision's game portfolio includes famous franchises such as Call of Duty, World of Warcraft, Overwatch, and Diablo. The commission's preliminary investigation found that Microsoft could harm competition in the distribution of console and PC video games, including multi-game subscription services and cloud game streaming services and in the supply of PC operating systems. The commission's in-depth market investigation indicated that Microsoft would not be able to harm rival consoles and rival multi-game subscription services. At the same time, it confirmed that Microsoft could harm competition in the distribution of games via cloud game streaming services and that its position in the market for PC operating systems would be strengthened. In particular, the commission found that Microsoft would have no incentive to refuse to distribute Activision's games to Sony, which is the leading distributor of console games worldwide, including in the European Economic Area, EEA, where there are four Sony PlayStation consoles for every Microsoft Xbox console bought by gamers. Indeed, Microsoft would have strong incentives to continue distributing Activision's games via a device as popular as Sony's PlayStation. Even if Microsoft did decide to withdraw Activision's games from the PlayStation, this would not significantly harm competition in the consoles market. Even if Call of Duty is largely played on console, it is less popular in the EEA than in other regions of the world and is less popular in the EEA within its genre compared to other markets. Therefore, even without being able to offer this specific game, Sony could leverage its size, extensive games catalog, and market position defense off any attempt to weaken its competitive position. I want to kind of break in here on this. As you know, there are a lot of people in the United States that are obsessed with guns and they like playing shooty games. Um, I don't mind that people are playing the shooty games because it's not, you know, you're not actually killing real humans, you know, that's you're killing a digital version of a human and whatever, you know, that kind of thing. Um, it's my understanding that people have fun with these games. It's not my thing, but People enjoy Call of Duty, so, you know, they can do that. But I'm wondering, since, you know, we know the United States is full of guns, the uh, European Union apparently doesn't feel the same about guns. I don't think they have as many over there. I mean, 
with the exception of I'm sure their their armies may have guns and stuff, I, I suppose. But um, yeah, so just this paragraph here, like, you know, this would not significantly significantly harm PlayStation because it seems like gamers here are not as into guns as American players are. So that's kind of an interesting, I mean, that's what I'm, I think I'm seeing here from this paragraph I just read. So, okay. So that works in Microsoft's favor, I suppose. It continues, even without this transaction, Activision would not have made its games available for multi-game subscription services as this would cannibalize sales of individual games. Therefore, the situation for third-party providers of multi-game subscription services would not change after the acquisition of Activision by Microsoft. The acquisition would harm competition in the distribution of PC and console games via cloud game streaming services, an innovative market segment that could transform the way many gamers play video games. Despite its potential, cloud game streaming is very limited today. The commission found that the popularity of Activision's games could promote its growth. Instead, if Microsoft made Activision's games exclusive to its own cloud game streaming service, Game Pass Ultimate, and withheld them from rival cloud game streaming providers, it would reduce competition in the distribu distribution of games via cloud game streaming. If Microsoft made Activision's games exclusive to its own cloud game streaming service, Microsoft could also strengthen the position of Windows in the market for PC operating systems. This could be the case should Microsoft hinder or degrade the streaming of Activision's games on PC using operating systems other than Windows. There's a lot to this. I just thought that was kind of interesting. There is a quote here that I will read. Quote, Video games attract billions of users all over the world. In such a fast-growing and dynamic industry, it is crucial to protect competition and innovation. Our decision represents an important step in this direction by bringing Activision's popular games to many more devices and consumers than before, thanks to cloud game streaming. The commitments offered by Microsoft will enable, for the first time, the streaming of such games in any cloud game streaming services, enhancing competition and, op and opportunity for growth. This is by Margareth uh, Vestager, Executive Vice President in Charge of Competition Policy. So overall, this is a win for Microsoft and everybody else who has an Xbox of some kind or wants to play games that Microsoft has on it or distributes in you know different ways. They have been you know trying to put Call of Duty on Nintendo Switch and <laughs> all this other stuff. So I think this is a good one. So Activision has corporate news titled Approval in Europe and update on the Microsoft deal. Regulators in Europe approved the Microsoft merger, quote, we achieved an important milestone, end quote. Activision Blizzard CEO Bobby Kotick writes, here's from this. This was sent as an email to employees. Today we achieved an important milestone. The European Commission EC, one of the world's most thorough and respected regulators, approved our merger with Microsoft. This decision underscores the benefits our transaction provides to players and to competition. Careful regulators in numerous other countries have already approved the merger. By joining them today, the EC has once again demonstrated their rigorous, fair, and sensible approach with the creation of appropriate regulatory guardrails that ensure competition in important growth industries. 
industries. Microsoft has agreed to conditions as part of the EC's approval, including licenses for legitimate cloud gaming providers to stream Activision Blizzard games and enforcement mechanisms to ensure these regulatory commitments are upheld. This important step provides a proper roadmap for regulators around the world to consider when determining how best to encourage and promote competition in the gaming industry. There is still work to be accomplished before our merger can be finalized, but it is encouraging that regulators like the European Commission understand and appreciate the considerable growth opportunities provided by our industry. Thank you for your patience as we work to promote fair, free trade, healthy competition, and broader recognition for the extraordinary work our people do each day to entertain hundreds of millions of people around the world, and it's signed Bobby. So there's that. Everything I talk about in this show will be in the show notes at ShatteredSoulStone.com. So if you missed something or you wanted to read the rest of it that I didn't read to you, because otherwise the show would be way too long, uh, you could do that at ShatteredSoulStone.com. So the Wall Street Journal wrote, Microsoft's $75 billion Activision Blizzard deal gets EU approval. European Union decision comes after rejection from UK regulator threatened the deal's prospects. That's a really weird subtitle in there, but okay. I'll read you a little bit of this. Uh, the European Commission, the bloc's com competition enforcer, said it cleared the deal based on commitments by Microsoft to make Activision's games, including those from its popular Call of Duty franchise, available on rival cloud streaming platforms. The companies still need approval from other major competition authorities to close the transaction, legal experts say. The Commission's decision comes weeks after the UK's competition and market authorities Markets Authority rejected the merger, saying it would crimp competition in the country's games market. Microsoft has said it would appeal that decision. Monday's approval in Brussels won't have any direct legal bearing on that process, and antitrust lawyers say Microsoft faces long odds in overturning the British decision. The U.S. Federal Trade Commission has sued Microsoft to block the deal and scheduled a hearing for the case in its administrative court for August. Still, the EU's decision means Microsoft has cleared at least one of the three biggest regulatory hurdles that it has faced in pursuing this deal. Goes on a little bit from there um, with a bit of background that I think I've probably talked about in the past. There's a thing here from Sony Group. Let's see. Sony Group, which makes PlayStation consoles that compete with Microsoft's Xbox machines. Uh, it's a machine now, is it? Okay. Uh, was one of the deal's biggest opponents. The commission said Microsoft would have no incentive to refuse to distribute Activision's games, including those from its blockbuster Call of Duty franchise, to Sony, even if it did, quote, this would not significantly harm competition in the consoles market, the commission said. The UK's competition authority said Monday that it stands by its decision to reject the deal. It also criticized the EU's ruling, saying it would allow Microsoft to set the market's terms and conditions for the next decade. I think that might be a bit overblown, but that's what they think. And then IGN has a short article talking about the merger uh, that the, e the EC, uh, EEA, whatever, European Economic Area gets. So there's that. Uh, there's a lot of quotes in this one and um, there's more work to be done. So I'll read you that part. More work to be done. The EC's decision to approve Xbox's acquisition of Activision Blizzard is a definite step forward for Microsoft, but headlined by the CMA's decision to block the deal, there are still several hurdles for the company to overcome. Microsoft is appealing the CMA's decision, though this by itself is an incredible undertaking that will take months to overcome, if at 
all. The CMA has won 67% of merger appeals, and even if Microsoft gets the UK's competition appeal tribunal on its side, the deal will still have several more steps to go through before another decision is made. It will also be scrutinized by the United States Federal Trade Commission, which sued to block the acquisition in December 2022, with the hearing set for August 2 of this year. The Verge has a quote in its article. They wrote uh, an article titled Microsoft's Activision Blizzard Acquisition Approved by EU Regulators. So I'm going to skip ahead on this a little bit. There is a uh, looks like a embedded tweet by Brad Smith and he is the uh, I think he's um, Microsoft, I think. Yeah, I think that's it. Okay, so he tweeted this. The European Commission has required Microsoft to license popular Activision Blizzard games automatically to competing cloud gaming services. This will apply globally and will empower millions of consumers worldwide to play these games on any device they choose. So that's a good sign. Here's a paragraph. Microsoft's appeal in the UK will likely take months before the process is complete. Today's EU decision may help boost Microsoft's chances of getting this giant deal over the line, but the company still faces battles in the US and the UK. Regulators in Saudi Arabia, Brazil, Chile, Serbia, Japan, and South Africa have also all approved the deal. China, South Korea, New Zealand, and Australia are still reviewing the deal. Microsoft's next big hurdle is regulatory scrutiny closer to home. The Federal Trade Commission sued to block Microsoft and Activision Blizzard's deal late last year, and the case is still at the document discovery stage. An evidentiary hearing is now scheduled for August 2nd, which we're still months away from. And then the Competition and Markets Authority, which is the UK regulator, posted a thread on Twitter, and this is the thread. Our response to the European Commission's announcement today on Microsoft slash Activision, there is an emoji of a downward pointing sign and a little bracket that says one out of five, so you can see how many tweets you're going to read. It starts here after that little notification. The UK, US, and European competition authorities are unanimous that this merger would harm competition in cloud gaming. No? I think the... Uh, the EU just said, yeah, that's mostly okay. Um, I, they didn't say you can't have this because it's going to hurt things. They, I think they were trying to encourage Microsoft to, you know, do what it's doing and put this stuff on all the cloud things, I guess. So I don't know what the CMA is on about here, but we'll continue. The CMA concluded that cloud gaming needs to continue as a free competitive market to drive innovation and choice in this rapidly evolving sector. Microsoft's proposals accepted by the European Commission today would allow Microsoft to set the terms and conditions for this market for the next 10 years. They would replace a free, open, and competitive market with one subject to ongoing regulation, or one subject to ongoing regulation of the games Microsoft sells, the platforms to which it sells them, and the conditions of sale. This is one of the reasons the CMA's independent panel group rejected Microsoft's proposals and prevented this deal. While we recognize and respect that the European Commission is entitled to take a different view, the CMA stands by its decision. I do wonder how much um, the regulators at the CMA understand about cloud gaming. I think maybe they're kind of confused. I think the EU kind of went, oh, right, yeah, you can just share it out. Cool, you know, but anyway. And then we have BlizzCon coming back again. Uh, it's going to be November 3 and 4. And... That's interesting, you know? <laughs> That's just an interesting thing. The last time I participated in a BlizzCon was BlizzCon Line. Remember that back in the day? It was all digital because it was during the pandemic, which uh, is still actually ongoing, but not 
being adhered to as much right now, at least in the United States. So that was the one where um, we were talking about, me and Leviathan were talking about whatever the Diablo stuff was at the time, um, which is kind of fun to talk about. But anyway, and then... The, the BlizzCon after that was in person, and I'm going to read you this thing that Blizzard put out about it. After four years of gathering online adventuring through Azeroth, teaming up in Overwatch, traversing the fields of Sanctuary, or war warming yourself by the fire in the tavern, it's finally time to gather in person once more. We are happy to announce that BlizzCon will be returning to the Anaheim Convention Center on November 3 and 4, Exclamation point. Our players are at the heart of what makes BlizzCon great, a place where games are the common ground for connection and friendship. Whether you're coming to hang out with your friends you only ever get to see online, celebrating epic moments in the games we love, exploring what's on offer in the convention center halls, or eager to learn what's next for our universes, BlizzCon is being created for you. It's the community that has always made this event so special, and we can't wait to see you all again. We'll be back with more details about the show next month, including ticketing information, cosplay, and other competition details, and more. For those who want to book accommodation now, our hotel blocks are now available. There's a link to that in this piece that that I'm reading to you. Whether you'll be joining us in person or online, we can't wait to share what we've been working on and celebrate together. We are counting down the days alongside you. Stay up to date with BlizzCon and all things Blizzard by following us on Twitter. There are 167 comments down here, and I'm going to skim them real quick. I'm not going to read them all. Um, people seem to be very excited. Uh, some people are very upset about whatever happened in Overwatch. It's my understanding that they were going to have player versus an environment, and maybe that's not going to happen now. So there's a lot of people being kind of upset about that. As for me, I'm not sure if I'm going to go. And the reason for that is because, um, well, I'm immune compromised. I've said that many times, and I will catch not only Concrud, but everything else in there. And I need to know how they're doing covid safety because it's still there there are still people catching covid all across the world um and just because the government has said well we're done doesn't mean that the virus is not still out there i'd love to see my friends again i'd love to go and hang out with the diablo community again because it's really nice you know it's just nice to all hang out in the same area and have like the same ideas mostly about the diablo games and things and that was just such a good time but I don't know if it's going to be safe for me this year. So I'm hoping they're going to update with, you know, that sort of thing. So I can determine if it's safe for me to go into the conference center at all. IGN has a short article, BlizzCon 2023, to be held in person for the first time in four years. It's been four freaking years since that, you know, I mean, in person. Yeah, you know, that's a thing. There's not a lot of stuff here other than that, but that's an interesting title. There is on Amazon a cookbook. It is the Diablo official cookbook. It is hardcover. It is, um, it says the Diablo cookbook, the official co uh, cookbook, and then the Diablo logo. It's all the lettering you'd expect. It's got some gold uh, stuff around the outside. There's a big circle in the middle with looks like a bunch of chicken and some kind of veggie or something like that. And that is, that is the cookbook. And it is, yeah, going to be released in a hardcover October 24, 2023. It is $31.49 
sense. And here's some of the stuff that it includes. So it says, take a culinary journey through the dark fantasy world of Sanctuary with Diablo, the official cookbook, a flavorful compilation of recipes inspired by Blizzard Entertainment's iconic series. Journey through Sanctuary to prepare to feast on over 60 unique culinary delights inspired by Diablo in this one-of-a-kind cookbook experience. Oh, I'm sure it's a one-of-a-kind experience. Yep. Mm -hmm. From the humble town of Tristram to the towering Mount Ariat, you will learn how to survive the horrors of this dark, nightmarish fantasy world by enjoying delicious dishes from the burning hells to the high heavens. Each immersive recipe features straightforward step-by-step -step instructions, mouth-watering full-color photos, and pairing suggestions, as well as numerous substitution tips. Whether you're cooking up a lavish banquet spread fit for a countess, that's funny. Um, or some vittles for a solo quest. Diablo, the official cookbook, brings the flavors of Sanctuary to your table. There are 60-plus recipes from uh, Skosglen to the banquet tables of Condorus and all this other stuff. Bring the game to life. Um, dishes for every skill level. Uh, with, oh, let's see, where did it go? Um, with step-by-step -step instructions and beautiful photographs, learn to make incredible dishes to satisfy even the hungriest barbarian. <laughs> so this is an interesting thing to me. Now, I, um, I like that it exists, but I have a ton of food allergies, so there's probably no way I could make enough substitutions to follow these recipes safely for me. But if you are a person who can eat pretty much anything, this might be good, especially if you're into, like, you know, what did people eat in Sanctuary? That kind of thing. It's, it's just kind of neat. Um, but that you're going to have to wait a while for. But if you're not willing to wait very long, um, there is this meat shake product that's been <laughs> announced. Um, it is, it's like a, it's, looks like a Starbucks shake, but looks like it came really from the butcher. Like there's parts in there that I'm not going to describe, you know, but yeah, a demon meat shake, hundred percent vegan. It says on the front. I, I don't even know what to think about that. I guess it's vegan. Um, so here's, if you wanted to get this and I'm not even sure exactly when this starts. Um, oh, it starts today, May 19. So here we are. Uh, there's a couple of things to be eligible to participate and win a demon meat prize as that term is defined below you must live in an area serviced by DoorDash fulfillment partner that's in quotes so you have to live in Manhattan New York Los Angeles California or Chicago Illinois that's where you have to be in order to get these things okay so if you're in one of those good job there is a link here to delivery zones let's see what else we have here okay it is it's the demon shake apparently um <laughs> okay it begins at approximately 2 p.m eastern time on may 19 2023 which is today and ends at 8 p.m which is also today so if you missed it you missed it um i'd be really interested in seeing if how many people got these and posted them on twitter because i can't imagine that this would be something i'd do Again, food allergies. It's kind of disgusting looking too, to in, but it's from the butcher, so it should look like that, but that doesn't mean I want one, you know? And I can't get one anyway, because I'm not in any of those places. So there we are. Yeah, there's, you have to be 18 years old or, or older to uh, obtain the demon shake if you did it in time. Yeah, there's the company making it is Fuji, F-O-O-J-I Inc. After the uh, CTA tweet is made during the promotion entry period, 
to participate, send a tweet on the Twitter platform to at Diablo with the CTA hashtag specified in the CTA tweet. The hashtag is hashtag demon meatshake and hashtag Diablo promo. This is probably irrelevant now because it seems like it's done. There, they did say how many prizes were available. Okay, so the demon meat prize contains one quote demon meat shake, 100% vegan drink, one sticker, and one red nitro latex free glove. So in Manhattan, there was uh, 397 available. These things cost $12, by the way, just for the drink. Uh, in Los Angeles, there was 381 available, and in Chicago, there was 126. So this is the weirdest thing I've seen Blizzard do in a while, honestly. <laughs> um, but yeah, that went down. So I hope people enjoyed their demon meat shake and <laughs> whatever, you know. Wowhead has an article titled, You Can Safely Delete Your Diablo 4 Server Slam Client. And there's a tweet embedded in here from Adam Fletcher, who is Pez Radar, and says, Just a heads up, you do not need to keep your hashtag Diablo 4 server slam clients. The full version of the game will be wholly different, so there isn't a need to use drive space for it. Thumbs up emoji. So if you haven't deleted that thing yet, you can go ahead and do it without causing yourself any harm. It'll also give you some space for when your Diablo 4 game arrives, if you're on Xbox specifically, or, you know, even PC. You just have extra room for that, so think of it that way. You know, it's good, it's good. But yeah, I deleted mine, so didn't need it anymore, obviously. There is a very long article on Windows Central that I haven't finished reading, but it seems pretty good. It's titled Diablo Lore and History, The Entire Story and Timeline Summarized. And when I saw that headline, I'm like, are you sure? Because there's so much stuff, you know, there's just so many things in there. But OK, uh, this was written by who wrote this? Jennifer Young, published five days ago. Yeah. So there's like the Diablo lore in the beginning and just all kinds of stuff in here. I'm not going to read it all to you because it's, you know, but it does have like the basic stuff. Like these are the Lords of hell and these are the angels and just things like that. There's definitely some artwork pulled from uh, Blizzard's art stuff, which you can use, you know, if you, if you need to, if you're writing about this and uh, it talks about Lenarian, who would later be uh, come to be known as Rothma, the first necromancer. Um, Lenarian is the child of Anarius and Lilith, and that's how, um, I just know this, it's not really necessarily written in there that way, but um, they put together their names for their son's name, and then later uh, Lenarian was like, okay, my parents are pretty toxic, so I'm just gonna change my name now, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> and, Anyway, it goes on from here. It goes on and on and on and on from here. So it's pretty interesting. At the bottom, there is a link to the Sin War books by Richard Knack, which I highly recommend. That'll give you some more of the lore. Or if you want to listen to uh, listen to it instead, I have put uh, Jen's Lore Corner, which was about the... It started with the lore in the Diablo 3 game with some of the little like side characters and little questy things and stuff. And then I started going over like the the timeline of Sanctuary and there's like maybe three or four episodes of that and then I just stopped and I don't remember why I'm going to pick it up again when I have some more energy um, I think I put one on Mastodon I might have put it on Twitter I'm not sure but it's just little short videos kind of explaining what the things are but if you do, you can, if you want to read it I recommend this Windows Central article if you want to listen to it you can check out my stuff it's, it's on the Shattered Soulstone website you just have to click through a little bit it's not 
in all the like this episode will not be sitting next to the lore corner. It's on the site though still, and you can still get those. And honestly, I really want to keep going in that if I can. There's a video, a Diablo 4 video on YouTube. It was probably on Twitch or something before that. I would assume inside the game, a new saga, and it's talking about um, the events unfolding in Sanctuary and the part you will play. It's kind of difficult for me to kind of summarize a video. You know, it's seven, it's about eight minutes long, but if you're into that, you don't know what's going on in Sanctuary, maybe you missed the betas and the uh, server slam or something like that, you could probably find some data in here that might make you happy to play the game. And then we have, and this was a surprise to me, there are two videos out now, and they're on the Diablo uh, YouTube uh, channel. So it's it's videos, and it's titled Diablo 4 Book of Lorath, as in Lorath Nath. I'm not going to go into any more about who he is or all this in the context of this show. But the first Book of Lorath is Episode 1 Creation. That one's out. And there's a second one called... Um, Episode two is called Sanctuary, and if you've gotten into the uh, the betas or the server slam, you've run into Lorith Nath, and he's a lot different than he looked in Diablo three, of course, because many years have passed. But the voice on this man fits somebody who's seen a lot of shit in Sanctuary and is just drained to no end, and it works so well both with the character that you meet and in. Th- you know, the audio for these. I thought there would at one point be like a book of Lorith Nath, like a physical copy, but they're doing it this way. So why not? But yeah, I was not expecting this. This is kind of a delight to have Lorith kind of tell you what he thinks about, you know, everything going on in Sanctuary. One of the coolest things that happened in the server slam was the Ashava raids, at least for me. I thought they were really fun. However, someone had more fun with it than maybe anyone else, and Wowhead has an article, Content Creator Solos Ashava the Pestilent in World Tier 2 at Level 20. And of course, that someone was Wujio. Soloed Ashava. That is difficult. That's very difficult. The first Ashava uh, run I did, I think, we, we didn't make it. We got down to like a bubble and a half, and then Ashava ran away. The second one had people that seemed to know what they were doing in the one I was in at least um, there was a group of like three people that were all in the same clan that were talking about that in one of the betas they actually killed Ashava and the they got the the reward that goes on your horse and then the game crashed and so it like they didn't get any of that so they were coming in going man I really hope we get this done because if we don't get this done I'm gonna cry and we got it done and then you know so I got the the mount little trophy thing and then I went back in for the last run of Ashava with a bunch of players that knew what they were doing and we got them down and had like six and a half minutes left before you know we could have we we just that's what we had left over that's how good we were in that one so I think that's pretty cool I have no idea how the Ashava thing is going to go when you get into the regular game Uh, Because this one is definitely, you know, Ashava is level 25 in the server slam and everyone could only get to level 20. We only had, in the three runs that I did, we only had like eight people maybe. So it took a little while. But for Wujio to go in there and be like, yeah, I'm just going to go on this higher difficulty and just kill Ashava all by myself. And it's just (laughs) kind of amazing. There is on Wowhead a video um, about how he did that, which I might go watch because I just, it just seems really neat. I did not think anyone would go and do that. It never occurred to me, but 
he did it. He absolutely did do it. I've also got for you um, another one of the lo-fi lo beats. This one is lo-fi beats to butcher your enemies to. So it's got the butcher like walking around in there and you get, you know, all these kinds of... I haven't listened to it yet. It's just, it's called Beats to Slaughter 2, <laughs> which I might dig this. I haven't listened to it yet, but I will. Speaking of the butcher, I remember in the server slam for sure that I actually ran into the butcher accidentally in a dungeon and... Did not know I was going to be seeing that. I can't remember which dungeon it was or what things you had to fight in there. And it, it might have been vampires. I'm not sure. And out of the blue, the butcher just appears in front of you. Foof. And he's fast as hell, right? And I'm like, random butcher. Why is there the random butcher here? Is, is this his lair? I don't understand, you know? And uh, killed me, of course, right away. And then disappeared. And then there was a second one where he appeared as well a different dungeon that i think also had vampires in it possibly but it was just like does he not have like a lair is he just sort of like moving in with buddies for a while i mean what is this it just seemed so strange to have him like just spawn in without warning you know but i guess i kind of get it because assuming that's the way the blizzard the i'm saying blizzard because i'm thinking blizzcon yeah the butcher just appears and i think having that happen when you've been like halfway through or most of the way through a dungeon and you've been slaying things pretty well just to have him appear all of a sudden is scarier than when you have to go open that door in any of the previous games and he comes rushing out at you you know it's so i think that's i don't know i think that might be a good mechanism but yeah he's real fast he's really fast and the last thing i have for you today is um, a recruitment thing from Blizzard. They are looking for a lead dungeon designer for Diablo 4. It could be in Albany, New York, or Irvine, California. There's a description. Uh, the minions of hell grow stronger. Our horde of diabolically dedicated developers is expanding. While our backgrounds are varied, we all share a passion for the dark, gothic, and macabre. If you value a tight-knit team that celebrates self-expression and a multidisciplinary approach, then join us on the Diablo team. We are looking for a lead content designer with experience building exciting levels and crafting fun gameplay content for Diablo 4. The ideal candidate is able to collaborate within design, art, and engineering groups to create dungeons with fun and varied gameplay content. And then there's some things in there. There's skill requirements. Uh, the first one says minimum of five years experience in game design, including senior design experience on a shipped product. Goes on from there. Different stuff. Here's the stuff they want if you're going to send in like a resume and they want some screenshots and things like that. So if that's you and that sounds like something you want to do, you should definitely um, check it out. I'll put everything I talked about into the show notes as I always do at ShatteredSoulStone.com. And with that, I'm going to close out the show. You have been listening to episode 411 of the Shattered Soulstone, your Diablo community podcast. Missed an episode? You can find the show blog and listen to the show's archives at www.shatteredsoulstone.com. Come join us in-game. Our in-game community and clan named Shattered Soulstone are open to anyone who would like to join. You can also join us on Discord for the ultimate team and community-based experience. Find the Discord invitation link on our Twitter and Facebook page as well as the Shattered Soulstone website. Thank you for listening.